Welcome to the Healing the City podcast. The following podcast is a ministry of the Village Church in Tucson, Arizona. If you wish to support the Healing the City podcast, you can go to the show notes, click support the show, and you can become a subscriber for three, five, or ten dollars a month. This will help offset the hosting costs and continue the ministry of Healing the City podcast. Also, if you wish to support the show, we really encourage you to rate us on Apple and Spotify and other places that podcasts are listened to, and give us a good review. Thanks. So, that's the... Check, 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 The news of the day. Lane's super bummed. News of the day, news of the day, news of the day. COVID. No good. COVID, no good in Washington, D.C. Welcome to Healing the City Podcast. (laughs) Talking about the Gospel of John Chapter 3. We talked about the Gospel of John Chapter 2, but nobody's heard it yet. But they will have heard it when listening to this podcast. When listening to this one. Yeah. So there's, when, as of recording, it has not been, the previous one has not been, not posted. been posted. I mean, granted, there's like, I think, five podcasts sitting in the queue up on the internet waiting to, so I have to, you know, I've got lots of podcasts to get up there, but it's nice that there's a bunch up there. Anyway, so we're in John chapter three. The short version is it's Nick at Night. Nick at night. Yeah, big big argument and debate over who titled that. That was you. Apparently I lost. <laughs> <Derek>. <laughs> yeah, you I had... did I did get a couple of comments from people that kind of like longtime churchgoers. Yeah. But not necessarily longtime villagers uh-huh. who were like, Oh yeah, I've heard that before. Yeah. Like Nick at night, other pl- I've I've listened, I was like, Well, I grew up in a Spanish speaking church, just, there was no yeah. You're not going to nick at night in a Spanish-speaking church because there wasn't that. Yeah, what, what, would, be, what would that be? Uh, it, it wasn't a thing. That's the <laughs> What's Nicodemus in uh, Spanish? Ooh. I'm, I'd have yeah, to look it up. I'm not sure. Yeah. But you would I also have to have grown up watching you know, late-night reruns of classic television on Nickelodeon. Yeah, yes. there you go, Nickelodeon. Uh, nick it, uh, what's the, uh, what was the, the ghost? Not ghost, what was the... Tales uh, from the Crypt or something like no, that. People are like, I don't feel healed by listening to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Nick at night, Casper, man. the friendly ghost? No, no. Casper, the... that's not part of Nickelodeon, though. No? I'll have to. We'll talk There's about There's a ghost st- uh, no, show, TV no, show? It wasn't a ghost. It was like oh. a... It doesn't matter. <laughs> John 3, Nick at night. <laughs> Nicodemus. All right, so uh, why, don't you, why don't you give us the, the main talking points to your sermon real quick. Uh, Nicodemus kind of, uh, I think, maligned um, by the Christian church generally, historically, as a Pharisee. Um, has some really beautiful interactions with Jesus afterwards, especially... Uh, and then they go through this whole conversation about flesh and spirit, heavenly and earthly, life and death, resulting in a picture of if you trust in Jesus, then you have life in the spirit, life that is full and abundant in the spirit. And if you do not submit, do not obey, do not follow the sun, then um, you are living in darkness and fear and then you remain in darkness and fear and under um, wrath and death. Yeah, and this is where we get the uh, born again 
Yeah. And it's in other places, but this is a very famous born again passage. Yep. And it's got John 3.16 in it. I was surprised that you didn't have a picture of Tim Tebow with, with the Tim John 3.16 in his black uh, reflector. You know stuff. what's funny is I don't remember ever being like a big Tim Tebow fan mm-hmm. because he was like a Christian. Mm-hmm. But then the other day I was on Facebook and two years in a row, I think it was probably like the national championships he won or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But two years in a row, I had memories on the same day of commenting on Tim Tebow and like John three sixteen, yeah, like where fourteen fifteen years ago. So well, there apparently, you go. apparently you cared about Tim. I cared a little bit. All right, well, let's. Uh, we're, this doesn't have to be long, but this whole design of this podcast um, is just to sort of have a little bit of more conversation, maybe more application about regarding whatever the text was the previous yep. Sunday. So what did you guys, what do you guys have? It was my sermon. So you guys got to make some more comments than I, I do. <laughs> yeah, well, well, I mean, my first comment is that you haven't already heard it and go listen to it. Yeah. That's comment number one. Yeah. It, it will be up today. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> it will certainly be up. Whatever day today. Yeah. Yeah, that would be my first my first comment. Is go listen to it. Um, yeah, cool. <laughs> End of podcast. <laughs> End of podcast. I think it's really hard. I, I mean, I thought it was a, a good presentation of John three. Um, well, let's talk about this yeah. from a little bit more of a, a preacher perspective. Go ahead, because this is what I've experienced um, preaching on John this time. It's kind of hit me. Is and I'm going to be real blunt here. I haven't been overly, no, that's a better way to say this. I haven't enjoyed my sermons or yours, guys' sermons, <laughs> as much as I normally do. And part of what it is is that John gets in the way all the time. And he's preaching the sermon. And in some ways, John, unlike like Matthew or Mark or Luke, is really focused on building this gorgeous narrative that he's telling and you almost just want you don't want to get in the way of it like i don't feel like i get in the way when i'm you know i might be but i don't feel like i'm in the way when i talk about matthew or i'm preaching on romans you're saying it's the frodo and sam scenes of the lord of the rings yes the boring parts that you're like stop just get back to the battles and action (laughs) yeah no 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 Last time we said it was a C.S. Lewis, like, no, I think John just does a beautiful job. You don't want to get in the way of John. Well, yeah. That's you what almost want to just read it and mm-hmm. be like, okay, like, what do we think? You know, and it's hard sometimes because you end up getting in the way of it and you're trying to, like, offer something that, you know. Sometimes you end up, there were moments where you were, you know, doing the classic preacher thing that you get stuck in, I think, in John, which is repeating what's been said. Yeah, from a little bit of a different angle, which is fine. You're supposed to do that, yeah. but at the same time, you're like, "Well, I think John actually said it better than you." Like, why don't we just, listen to <laughs> you know? I mean, like, I I don't know. That's been my feeling, and it hasn't just wasn't just your sermon. I felt like when I listened to Michael's the last two that I did, I was just like, "Well, maybe we should have just read this whole thing. Just read it. <laughs> just read the chapter and then read it again. And then have and, some conversation. Yeah, man. let's just do lectio on John." <laughs> On the book of John for the next six months. No, I don't think, I don't, I mean, I think we have some good things to bring to light. I'm just saying that John presents some different challenges 
to the presentation. He does. And I, I do think we historically have put a lot of emphasis on um, on the the idea of like born again. Yeah. When Jesus kind of specifically says like, this is not, you know, I'm offering you this as like a way for you to understand it because you have a, a fleshly earthly understanding. Sure. Like there's, there's so much more to like, yes, there's a moment of looking to the sun and believing, but then the rest of that conversation is about what is life. Yeah. Not just this moment of looking up to the sun and believing, but what is life look like? Right. And I think that was actually helpful to grab onto the whole chapter and be able to work out the whole chapter. Cause then you can take the board again and say, yes. And here's all these other pieces to yeah. it. I think you got a question. Maybe we could talk about it a little bit. Um, I, I didn't, jump in but you got the greek the, the greek, greek question yeah okay so i like was stand like it just caught me so off guard and i was like wait I, oh yeah you were so the question struggling. so the question is the question is uh is i mentioned that for wind and spirit there is one greek word mm -hmm. which is pneuma mm -hmm. and john is using the word pneuma as he does this a lot where he uses the same word to kind of like build out a picture of mm -hmm. something. Um, so we translate it as wind in one place because it's clear he's talking about the wind. We translate it as spirit in a different place because it's clear he's talking about spirit of a, of God or a spirit of person. Um, so someone asked, well, this place is capitalized. So is that one a different word? So it's the spirit of God. Here's the spirit lowercase. And I just, I don't know. It just like my mind went blank and I was like, ah, but the answer is the answer is no, there's the answer is that there's no capitals in Greek. Well, that's, or it's all capitals depending on, how or you it's go all capitals it, yeah. there. So there's no, there, it's the same word. It, it's context and it's, it's context. It's the interpreter's choice. And he's not doing a lot. I mean, he's doing something really, he's, he's a writer and he's doing something fun and unique there, but it's not even extended past what he's doing there. He's just doing it. Right. And he moves on to doing stuff with flesh and spirit. So he's just building this like nice little thing. It's like his artistic thing. Yeah. I think you didn't touch on, which I didn't really touch on much the week before, but it's already been mentioned twice as testimony. Mm -hmm. He didn't try to trust himself to anyone. Right? And then in your chapter, in chapter three... There was believing the testimony. Yeah, believing the testimony of... Well, and that's really... I mean, pe like people like to build out John as like the court scene, right? Where John is bringing in the testimony of all these different people. And um, and which it goes back to John, John the Baptist again in my passage, which is interesting. Yeah, and I get him again for chapter four. Um, yeah, this week you're, you're yeah you're, yeah because it doesn't it doesn't really the story doesn't fully end at the end of chapter three. It's a little bit weird, and you pointed that out that we're going back to John the Baptist. It seems like it's out of chronology, mm -hmm. the goings on, the presentation of John's gospel seems like it's out of order time wise. Yes, um, and it's worth kind of considering why, why, why are we going back to John the Baptist here? Why did John do that? Um, what was the purpose of going back to John the Baptist and why do we still have John the Baptist? It sets up some other things in chapter four 
So I don't want to jump ahead too much into chapter four because we're going to be talking about that at a different podcast. But, you know, he does more with it there because it be- provides the excuse of, right, it beca- becomes the explanation for the next things that happen in the story in chapter four. But in chapter three, it's not really explained like like Mark said. He just transitions into talking about John the Baptist. Transitions into talking about John the Baptist, and then he goes back to the conversation. So what do you think about that? What's the, why do you think he goes to John the Baptist in the middle of, because it's really in the middle of this conversation between Nicodemus and Jesus. Because mm-hmm. it's at the end of the chapter, it's not Nicodemus or Jesus talking, it's John. Yeah. But he's talking about the same stuff. Right. So he takes a break from the conversation, goes to John the Baptist, and then comes back. Sort of, kind of. But I mean, it's not a really like putting a bow on it into the conversation with Nicodemus, which I thought was interesting, given yeah. what you said about the fact that you think it's a conversation that was ongoing between Jesus and Nicodemus and maybe Jesus and maybe a group of people who Nicodemus kind of represents sort of in the story, right? Um, yeah. That he represents kind of all of the trying to do the law, Pharisee, Judaic type of people. Yes. Um, I mean, I think he does. I also think Nicodemus is a specific Oh, for sure. Special person oh, yeah, definitely. in the story. Yeah. No, I'm does, just saying. He does come back in later, but right, yeah, right, no, right. he does. I do think, I think John, I think Nicodemus and Jesus probably talked several times. And then I think Nicodemus probably represents in some context, like some of the more private conversations that Jesus was having with the Pharisees in the background. Well, and I think one of the things, though it never comes out and says it in any of the four gospels, Jesus is a Pharisee. So he's talking inside this place and so even when the you go through and you look at the different nicodemus moments and so in chapter seven when they're like aren't you a galleon the answer actually to that is yes because that's where most of the pharisees are and so he it's almost a slur like you don't you don't matter because actually the pharisees didn't have as much power within the ruling council as we would think as they do like the way they're kind of postured to us as as well, Christians members in the narrative, you, it's it's really more you have sort of the chief priests, and you have the ruling council, and then within that, you have different sects of people, like the Pharisees or the Sadducees, like they're sort yes. of separate. So there are Pharisees who are among the chief priests and the ruling council. Yeah, I don't think there are any Pharisees among the chief priests because the chief priests are not they all purchased their space they're not the the scribes and and stuff yes but but the chief priest has to placate the pharisees yes he does yeah Yeah. well as as a group he was he was a a terrible person he was so bad that pontius Pilate had to go rob his his treasury with roman soldiers to pay for the aqueducts because he wouldn't keep them up Uh, sure he's not he's kind of into his own deal right but yeah Right. Well, I mean, the Pharisees would have wanted the chief priest and the kind of hereditary, right, like family relationship chief priest thing that was going on there probably not to have operated the way it did. Oh, no. Right? Yeah. So there's that. But but the thing is, is like there was still a big enough faction of Pharisees on the religious board, however that worked, yeah. right? So that they couldn't just be completely brushed aside. No. If the Sadducees and the chief priest wanted to act in some kind of way, or even Herod, they had to 
they had to give some kind of nod to what the Pharisees sure. were up to. Well, yeah. The Pharisees, I, I mean, I mentioned this in my sermon. I, I do think it's, it's really interesting that we kind of, we, we make the chief, the, the Pharisees, the enemy in the gospels, like the yeah. Pharisees are the enemy or the Romans are the, or Pilate is the enemy. And I, they're all, they're all sort of just players along the way. Some of them, like the Pharisees have a really, like at least the root of the Pharisaical movement is actually really good, even though the practice of it ends up being, you know, external and, and all these pieces, right. but that Jesus speaks against. But we turn the Pharisees into the enemy when the the whole point is not that there's these people who are the enemy. The enemy that is being defeated by Jesus is sin and death and the powers, like the dark powers of the world, all those kinds of things. Like it's not the Pharisees, you know, as the enemy, which right. Well, is I really would, interesting to me. I, I think you would probably, if, if you're looking for an enemy in even the Gospel of John, it's the chief priests and the rulers. They're the bad bad guys well i mean john doesn't seem to have a whole lot of kindness towards anyone who's in any kind of position of authority this is true at right. all right he'll refer full refer to all of the jewish authorities as the jews right yes because <laughs> yes. he was because he was afraid joseph of arimathea who was secretly a follower of jesus because he was afraid of the jews yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I sure. mean, it doesn't come across from John like there's a whole lot of kindness and affiliation no. with. And and you can see if you continue the story into the book of Acts, kind of why that plays out that mm-hmm. way. But you're right, Mark, that we have to take a position that Paul tries pretty hard to remind us that we're not actually against flesh and blood, mm-hmm. that we're against the rulers and authorities of yeah. the spiritual world. Yeah. Right, sin and death and Satan. Nevertheless, you know, even Jesus says to his own follower, Peter, get behind me, Satan. So you kind of have this dynamic with the Pharisees, which Jesus is pretty darn harsh with, like, you are representing Satan here. Get out of my way. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Well, I go back to John chapter 3. The one thing you didn't spend a lot of time on was the whole no condemnation section, which is we then kind of picked up in a song. We yes. did pick it up in the song. <laughs> right. Well, I knew we were going to sing the song, so I was like, we don't Well, know. I think it's I mean, I think it's a really interesting, you know, kind of idea that um that what we what our what following Jesus brings is that the judgment is removed because yeah. it's put on him instead of us. And I yeah. think if anything I had to take away from from that I well, I that is something I usually go to when I read John chapter three is that section John three sixteen through what is it twenty something twenty one yeah, but I also enjoyed if we're talking about your sermon the thing that I was like oh I hadn't really thought about that is just I liked your picture of the spirit moving people like that we're like the leaves that the spirit of God goes it's not that he just blows through the you don't know oh wow here he is oh no there he went but that there's a sense of when you have the spirit when you're born of spirit the spirit moves you you don't know where you're going like you're in the you're you're surrendered to the movement of the spirit versus your own control like if you're born of of flesh you move the way you think you want to go or at least you think you think that you move where you want to go yeah yeah and i think that's the 
when he says you must be born of the spirit, you know, the wind blows, no one knows where it comes from, where it's going. Like there's a piece of like, if you are born of the spirit and you are tethered to God's spirit, then you move with the spirit. Um, and yeah, there's, there's a piece of like, I mean, the wind thing is a, it's a picture sure. that John is playing with, but there is a piece of like, I don't know necessarily where God is going to call me. Um, which you also see at the end of John with John when he's, when, with Jesus, when he's talking to Peter and he talks about the way Peter's going to die. And, and John says, well, he said this because, um, he's, what does he say? You will be led where you do not want to go. Mm-hmm. Like that piece of like, he's, he's going to end up, this isn't like going to end in this life, at least in this like super happy triumphant way like it's going to be hard and painful and the spirit's going to move you into those places um but you know like peter doesn't go where he wants to go necessarily yep i don't know yeah that's that was the big application for me it's just a like a, a reminder to surrender um and i mean i always i like the picture of being a boat with a sail and the spirit you can either you can either really be obedient and in the way of jesus so your sail is all set so when the spirit blows it you just head off in the direction he's taking you or you can really just have it all wrapped up in your boat and you're just sitting there going i don't know why i'm not going anywhere (laughs) because you're not really tethered or have your sail set for the spirit yeah yeah and I, i mean i like the narnia piece which is like the you know, courage to your heart. You following if you follow the spirit, then you walk out of darkness into the light. And that was I really enjoyed putting those two pieces together. Um, which you'd have to go listen to the sermon to know yeah. what I'm talking about. All right. Well, do we have any other last comments on the Gospel, John? Well, I mean, we got plenty on the Gospel, John. Yeah. John chapter three for this week. We're good. We're good. All right. So. We would encourage you, one, go all the way back to December and listen to, start listening, re-listening to these sermons. I mean, I think it's good to like keep them in your your, your head and just what's being said and picking up themes. And uh, we're looking forward to just this conversation around the Gospel of John. Hope you enjoy it. Yep. All right. And if you have questions, you can email us at villagersonline at gmail.com. Or text, text the pastor. Text the pastor. We won't give you his number. <laughs> <laughs>